0: You're listening to Conversation Balloons, interviews with experts and friends about how the generations can help each other thrive. I'm your host, Leah Farish. Check out this episode. Today, we're welcoming Les Burnell, uh, National Director of Stop Predatory Gambling, a national social reform network of individuals and partner organizations. They're in all 50 states. You're headquartered in D.C., right, Les?
1: That's correct. Our organization is is, uh, headquartered in Washington, D.C., but I'm based out of Massachusetts.
0: Well, we're so glad to have you, and I'm really looking forward to picking your brain on this subject. I confess that I did not prepare in the way I usually do with this subject because I am very wary of getting on gambling websites. I want nothing to do with
1: them. Yeah. I don't want them
0: in my searches. I don't want the ads. I don't want the offers of $500 and free this and that. But I have been reading about it and giving it a lot of thought. Here in Oklahoma, of course, we only have tribal uh, gaming and then we have a state lottery. But I really love your organization's tagline that people are worth more than money. And I bet that has to be... An important value you remind people of all the time because the colossal tsunami of money that comes into a state or city when they allow it is uh, beyond the dreams of avarice, shall we say. <laughs> it must be very hard to resist. Our program is a, a generational focus, and I want to talk with you specifically about how. Young men are being affected through sports gambling and uh, the new developments in that. In the last three years, it sounds like that has been a giant leap forward for the gaming industry, a giant leap backward for society in general and personal finance. First of all, why you use the term in your title of your organization, predatory gambling. What is it?
1: So, predatory gambling is when state governments partner with powerful corporations to promote commercialized gambling, right? Gambling as a business. So, there's something called social gambling, right? People have a Friday night poker game. Um, you know, if, if you were in the involved with March Madness, you follow basketball. Maybe you had a bracket at the office. You have a Super Bowl office pool. You know, you're on the golf course with somebody and you make a friendly wager. Like, those are forms of social gambling. It's, it's not being done for profit. Like, no one's running it as a business. Um, no one's borrowing money to participate in it. It's not being advertised to you. You know, there's no house involved. Commercialized gambling is when, you know, or predatory gambling is when the state is partnering with where there are state lotteries. You know, in some states like Oklahoma, they, you have tribal interests uh, that are, you know, essentially very powerful uh, gambling operators there. And they're running this as a business for profit. And it's a it's a business that's based on cheating and exploiting people. So when people say, "Oh well, I buy stocks," is is not gambling? No, like you're investing. Sure, there's a risk to it, right? But but when you're if you're a day trader, yes, there's an element of gambling to that. But if you're you buy an index fund for the S and P 500, or something, you know, you buy a stock of a of a major company, you hold on to it for a while. Like you are an investor. Okay, gambling is when you just you it's this idea. You just you, you're, it's a financial exchange. Where you, literally the house means you're going to end up losing all, over the long term, you're going to lose everything. And so we're doing that as a government program. And, and that's that goes to the heart of it. That's, a, it's, that's what makes it inherently predatory. And that's why for most of American history, this kind of business has been illegal, right? It's, hap- it's operated on the fringes of society. Uh, you know, you got to go out and seek it. They weren't advertised. Now they're advertising, you know, with the introduction of sports gambling, they're advertising you know, during the Super Bowl you know, during, during all, every major event, the end game isn't sports gambling. All right. What they're doing, all these signups, you see, you know, a $2,000 risk-free bet, uh, you know, all these welcome bonuses, all this relentless free play and so on. What these are, they're, they're lures to get you to sign up. Okay. Because the, the cost of doing business in the gambling business, as I described earlier, like it's a, it's a form of financial fraud. There's, they don't produce anything. It's just a, it's a sterile transfer of wealth. So what their cost of business is, is it's in acquiring customers. And so all, that's why they have to spend so much on advertising. They're trying to lure you in, sign, you, know, get you to sign in and so on. So it's sports gambling, all it does, whether it's online or for, at a brick and mortar location, it just gets you in the door. What these gambling companies wanna do is get you to sign up, get your information, and then they're gonna ultimately turn around and market to you full-scale online casino gambling 24 hours a day seven days a week 365 days a year and that's what they're marketing towards young people today so y- y- the reason why it's so dangerous what's happening here is uh if, if children and teens are uh, you know their brains aren't fully developed yet uh, you know as they age until like they' like say 24 25 years old that's when your kind of brain is fully formed and so kids are, are incredibly uh prone to get addicted to this stuff and and when it's normalized I mean you know I grew up. I'm a you know played sports my whole life. I'm a former high school and college men's basketball coach. Like sports were part of my my life. It's still part of my life. But like if I had grown up in this era where sports gambling is is normalized, like like, it's marketed as if to be a sports fan, you have to be a gambler. You know they equate them as one and the same. Like it is. I would I would have been one of these people who got addicted to gambling. It's it's because it's 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 that's all everybody's talking about today. In states that have legalized this you have 18 year old young men walking into gamble's anonymous meetings now which has never happened before like because it, 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 in, in locker rooms and in playing fields across the country playgrounds like kids aren't talking about like who's going to win the game they're talking about like, hey i am going to place a parlay bet on this game like you know i'm, I'm going is uh, is joe burrow the cincinnati bengals quarterback going to throw two touchdowns in the fourth quarter like i'm going to place money on that so it's incredibly uh, harmful to young people And that's why in in regions of the world where they've legalized this with any kind of period of time, like the United Kingdom, as we speak to it, with all the major issues happening in the United Kingdom with Brexit and COVID and everything else, uh, predatory gambling is is a top five issue in that country because in the words of one member of parliament, they have an epidemic of child gambling. And now all those companies that are operating in the United Kingdom, operating in Australia, they've partnered with US companies to bring those same business practices here to the U.S. So every major gambling operator here in the U.S. that's doing online sports gambling, almost almost all of them literally have partnered with these these uh, either a, UK, a United Kingdom company or an Australian company to to bring in that same technology that, that's caused so, so much human tragedy in those other countries.
0: You know, it's interesting that you mentioned social gambling at the beginning, how two guys out on the golf course will wager something on the, the next play or whatever but um, and and that those kind of quote friendly wagers have you could say brought people together they are face to face they are fun they're based on friendship and trust and good nature and goodwill and uh, this kind of gambling actually isolates people doesn't it
1: it, it the, isolates the predatory people
0: predatory gambling isolates people
1: it, it isolates people it exploits people uh it it cheats people and 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 the games because i said the games are all designed mathematically to get you to lose everything in the words of of one slot machine designer it, it, these games are designed to get you to play to extinction which means until all your money is lost and and it's worth noting you know, in pretty much you know, from like forty-five states now have have state lotteries. Like, they they set the precedent for this. Like, state-sanctioned gambling, they're exempt from truth and advertising regulations under the Federal Trade Commission. So, when we talk about isolating people, like these these, they're just exploiting people. They 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 can use any kind of marketing technique that you would, if you're in any other business, you can't get away with. But because the Federal Trade Commission leaves the regulation of gambling marketing and advertising up to the states. The states are the purveyor the states are partnering with this. the states are using this to you know to, 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 to reap as much money as they can off of people. you know so it, it's incredibly harmful and it, it, yeah so you, as you said, it's incredibly isolating and that's why you know when you, you hear people who, who've got addicted to this to this business like 50 percent of the profits in the gambling business, 50 percent come from people who are addicted to gambling. The, the revenue model is based on the addicted gambler. The, the person that goes once or twice a year, like you are irrelevant to their business model. It's the out of control gambler. And so, and, the, and and part of that is the way they get people, you know, and cultivate that addiction is that isolation. They encourage people to escape. You know, it's like, it's, like, it's like instead, of, instead of taking heroin or opioids, people are taking you know, the you, you gamble to escape the challenges of everyday
0: life and the the pace at which you can spend money and wager on these things. I read, you know, you can uh, place a bet every five seconds. That's right. In some of these uh, it, it, settings, that,
1: that, that, and that's how it's designed. It's it's getting to, because we said earlier, it's it's mathematically designed to get you to this a financial exchange that that represents commercialized gambling or which we define as predatory gambling. It's designed to get you to lose everything, so they want you to play as fast as you as you can, for as long as you can, at the highest price point that they can get you at. So, it's, so in 2022, someone who places a sports bet, you're not just placing a wager, um, you know, on whether or not you know the the, the you know the New York Yankees are going to beat the Boston Red Sox by a run. You know, you know, you know, you're not basing on the so-called spread of the game. You're placing a wager like on every play of the game. So if it's a baseball game, is th- is this next pitch going to be a ball or a strike? Put your bet in now. If, if you're watching a football game, is the next play going to be a run or a pass? You know, is, is Tom Brady going to throw for a touchdown in the first quarter? Like, It's a limitless amount of wagering to give you what's called, the, 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 the term is called give you constant action. They want to keep you in constant action. So, so you're constantly gambling, keep, keeping you high relentlessly.
0: And where well, you don't have time to think, uh, I just lost 18 bucks, or I just lost <laughs> well, $140. And they don't,
1: thing. as part of them, as how this business is marketed, because they partner with the state. Like when you're, if if you, those of you who have ever participated in this, you don't play with money. Like You put you put money in, but what the what, the, what they show you is you're getting credits. Like, so it doesn't, it makes it look like you're not playing with real money. Like, so it's like, as if you're playing some kind of arcade game or something, and it says you are, but you lose everything. So it, it, uh, that's why it, it's designed to get people to lose track of how much money they're doing. If you're in a casino, a brick and mortar casino, most casinos give away free alcohol to people, which why would they give away free alcohol, right? It's to keep you, you know, out of, out, not, not using your common sense, you know, it's, it's to get you, yeah, prepare your judgment. And the other key term is what, we, talk, we touched on gambling addiction earlier. The, one of the key indicators of someone who's having a, a severe gambling addiction is the show the likelihood of chasing their losses, right? So what gambling interests do is they, they let's say, Leo, you, wanna, you, you get, a, you get a, something in the mail at home, you know, his $50 worth of free slots play, come on down to the casino or, or try this on this online casino, his $50 worth of free play. What they do is they will see, if, once you go through that $50 of free play, so-called, which is really f- just free gambling pl- money. It doesn't cost them anything. They, they identified, is this someone, once they go through that free money we gave them, will they get up and then put in their own money? Because that means you're chasing your losses. You're going to lose that 50 bucks they gave you for free. But the question becomes, will they get up and chase? So if you show a likelihood of chasing your losses, they intensify their marketing campaign to you relentlessly because they know for every minute, We can get you in front of that computer, or or get you in front of that slot machine, or or blackjack table, whatever it is. That you're going to lose X amount of dollars. And just to tell a quick story, we're working. We got a woman right now from from Michigan, who it's a Michigan's a state that just legalized um, online gambling in the last year. This is a woman who's like an active churchgoer. She is, you know, a leading businesswoman in her community, like a a standard, a, 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 a model community citizen in every way. She got introduced to online blackjack. In the course of six months, she lost $2 million. Okay. And uh, much of that wasn't her own money. It was her client's money. So now she's being sued for money that, you know, that she doesn't have. it. The gambling companies took all this money. And so she's getting sued for these losses. But here's the kicker is these gambling companies were giving her $3,000 to three thousand dollars to five thousand dollars a week of free gambling credits to keep this woman in constant action and that's done that's a government program that's doing that so you took somebody who was a, a pillar of her community and they destroyed her destroyed her life they had to sell her home like they're living like literally they're like in a, in a tiny apartment they're broke their, their daughter had to drop out of college like like these are this could be you or me like this these are our, our, our fellow members of our community if you go to church like church goers like this could happen to anybody and, and, and no one thinks it's dangerous because well the state's pro- promoting it. why would the state pro- push something that's dangerous? you know and, yeah. and, and we didn't touch on this earlier but it's important for your listeners to understand that it, there's an organization called the American Psychiatric Association, which is like the, you know they, they put out every 10 to 15 years what is known as the Diagnostic Statistical Manual and that is that is like it's referred to as the Mental health Bible. So, if you're an attorney, if you're a a, a psychiatrist, psychologist, um, a doctor, a nurse, whatever it is, social worker, they use this this DSM—that's uh, the acronym for it—as uh, this mental health bible to set. You know, insurance companies use it to figure out what they're going to cover for for conditions. In 2013, the DSM-5 defined gambling uh, addiction as the same level as as dangerous as. Cocaine addiction, heroin addiction, opioid addiction, and tobacco, okay? All those four stuff, we don't promote those. State governments in partnership with these powerful gambling companies, they are they are pro- relentlessly promoting this to people, you know? And so it, it is out of control. The, the whole thing is so broken. And, and, and commercialized gambling, predatory gambling, represents the public voice of government today to citizens across our country, and by that it means, think about what else does government advertise to the American people? Virtually nothing. I mean, join the military. You know, maybe they advertise a state university here and there. But the biggest advertiser, that the biggest amount of money that government spends on advertising, is for gambling. So go to lotteries, casinos, and so on. Like these are all extensions of a government program. And so, what we promote. I, I know, to our people as a nation like it defines our national character like you know we, we added stuff we, when i was growing up as a kid like you just have john wayne coming on camera saying you know invest in your country buy u.s savings bonds you know now during the holiday season during the christmas season in every state in the country that has a lottery what's the biggest advertiser it's go give your family state lottery tickets give them scratch tickets give you know so you have we, where we used to give family members savings bonds now we give people scratch tickets like it's an incredible change in American culture
0: I have to to share a, a story that certainly illustrates what you're you're saying about this addiction and uh, I had a neighbor this was years ago we they put up a for sale sign and, uh, and so I asked the wife hey are are y'all moving and she said um, not because we want to but Um, My husband, he was a banker, um, has um, gambled away our entire Uh. uh, fortune. And I said, how how can this be? (laughs) Um, And she said, I had no idea he was gambling at all. And one night he came in and he looked really pale and he said, I've lost everything. And she said, what do you mean you lost everything? And he said, I've been gambling. And she said, "How are you gambling?" And he said, "I've been in the basement after you go to bed every night and I've gambled online and I've gambled away all our college savings for our kids and everything. Everything is gone." And they had to move into a little apartment and she had to go to work and they the you know the daughter developed tremendous health problems because of anxiety over what had happened and her future. And um, this man was a very responsible man who had been entrusted with the community's money, and he could not handle the rush of gambling. It it, it isn't designed to be able to resist.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think that's a critical piece. It's not that he couldn't handle it. It's designed for him not to handle it. Mm-hmm. Like the whole experience of this is designed to overwhelm you. Mm-hmm. So I know some people say, "Oh, well, I gamble and I don't have a problem." You're the you're the exception. You know, you that's it, the the business is designed like we said earlier is to get you to play to extinction. So mm-hmm. in and there's no reason why that gentleman you talked about like why would he think this is dangerous? Like, you know, state governments everywhere in Oklahoma and elsewhere they're pushing this as and, you know, you're doing something good. You're paying for teachers. You know, and it's funny. I, and I, I, the fact that when you know, we talk about Oklahoma for a second, it, it's, it's not, it's not without an incredible irony that, you know, Oklahoma was in the head, was in the national headlines just within the last two or three years for, they were, remember you called it, they were having issues with teachers striking or the teacher salaries. And it was a national story, you know, that dominated for quite some time. The irony of that is, Oklahoma passed a lottery in the name of back in 2006 that it was supposed to pay for education. Okay, mm-hmm. and, and what it did is once you once Oklahoma created that lottery, it allowed the, the tribes in the, the Native American tribes in Oklahoma to get access to what are called Class Two types of gambling, which which were gambling machines, and then that just you know morphed into full scale casinos. But like the whole lot, the whole reason why Oklahoma was supposed to you know, went into the lottery business in the first place. It was was going to pay for education. It's it's a gimmick. It doesn't. That's it, why, aside from being incredibly predatory and addictive and and causing massive financial problems for citizens, like for you, the non gambler, two thirds of the public doesn't gamble at all. Like you end up paying for all this because yes. th- this you, you pay even if you don't play. Oh yeah, you know, and, and so like it, it is. So this idea that because it's the ultimate budget gimmick. So Oklahoma is worse today. Its revenue picture is far worse today because you have a lottery and because you have all these casinos than it would have been, you know, 15, 16 years ago before you introduced the lottery.
0: Well, and I've been told, and and you may know the national picture on this, but that our legislators then simply compensated by the windfall that they started getting from gambling and uh, pulled back on our tax support. Uh, for education, because it was being covered, and so we didn't get, we did not experience a net gain. That's right. In support for education. Well said.
1: You said it perfectly. It, it's it's a it's a just like we said at the beginning of this. Predatory gambling is a big con. Whether it's state lotteries, casinos, online gambling, it's a big con. And part of the con out there is that somehow this is a, a good revenue source for the state. It's it's a loser. It's anyone, you're paying higher taxes today in Oklahoma because you have a state lottery and because you have these tribal casinos. You know, you, the non-gambler, you end up losing more than anything. You have a lower standard of living today in Oklahoma because all that money that people have lost, billions and billions of dollars that have been lost, like there's no economic impact from that. That's a sterile transfer of wealth. The economic impact of having uh, commercialized gambling in your state, it's the equivalent of taking out a $100 bill Throwing it into your into the street and then going to pay somebody to pick it up, okay? <laughs> That's what it is. It's a sterile transfer of wealth. And so, y'all people, look how much money we made. So, so, certainly, some people are making money, but it's only the people that run the games. They're the ones that are making the money. All of you, all of us lose whether you gamble or not from this scheme.
0: And by the way, do uh, gambling operators? Gamble and do they allow their kids to gamble? Do do I see? Am I going to see their kids in the casino?
1: Yeah. So Leah, that's one of my favorite topics to talk about, and I'm glad you brought it up because what what led me to really get hooked on this issue, starting almost 18 years ago now, was I, I was working as a chief of staff in the Massachusetts Senate, and I was working for a state senator opposed to casinos, uh, and I had never thought about the issue at all. You know, it wasn't something I'd ever considered, but. The New York Times magazine did a cover story on slot machines. And as part of that story, the Times reporter went out to IGT, which is based in in Las Vegas. And then IGT is the main manufacturer of slot machines in the in the United States. And the reporter went up to all these employees asking them, Well, do you play the slot machines that you make? And to a person, none of them gambled themselves. But the kicker is this. He went up to one final slot machine maker and he said, Do you play these machines? And the guy goes, Slots are for losers. (laughs) I mean, that's what the the employee, the guys that, and this guy's making like six figures designing these slot machines with all this fancy technology and sophisticated math behind them. And they consider their customers losers. There's not another business in America that looks at the the, the people that use their product as losers. So when you ask me, like, do gambling operators gamble, like that led me to keep on our website at stoppredatorygambling.org. We, on our homepage, we have a posting. We call it the Hypocrite Hall of Fame. Is on that list, we have a list, a massive list of governors, senators, casino executives, slot machine makers, mayors, state legislators, all these people who stand up and say, Oh, let's bring in casinos. Let's bring in a lottery. Let's bring in online gambling. But you know what? You know, it's great for your family, Leah, to do it, but my family, not me. I, I have, I have a college fund for my kids. You know, I own two homes. I have a, an emergency fund for a crisis. I have a pension fund. I have stocks that I invest in. But the rest of you, you know, you guys go lose everything, you know, on this stuff. But, it's, but mm-hmm. so, so where the money is, it's the people that run the games. It's, it is the, hip, we call it the hypocrite hall of fame.
0: Let me ask you this about sports gambling. Some people view it as, and I did until I started learning more about it. Um, it's made a little more wholesome because I thought, well, it involves some skill, some knowledge of the sport. Certainly I would never wager on any of this because I don't know sports well enough, but uh, isn't there an element of, of skill to sports gambling that isn't present in playing a slot machine?
1: Yeah. So, so there's there's this, they try to promote this belief that there is, but the reality is, People who are professional sports gamblers, guys who sit around studying, you know, twenty-four hours a day studying every injury report, the weather report for a game, you know, so on, like that. Those guys they barely make more than fifty percent of their bets back, and that's because when you place a sports bet, like they make essentially ten percent of every everything wagered. So, like, so so if you want to place a bet on a game, okay. You so you, to keep the math simple, you you put a hundred. You have to bet hundred and ten dollars to win a hundred dollars. Okay, that's mm. how it works. But if you lose your bet, you lose the hundred and ten. Sure. You know I mean? so so that that ten percent. to Keep Pays the math the simple. That, that's that's called the vigorish. Like that, that, the fancy term for is your vigorish. Like that so the the gambling companies make ten percent of all everything wagered, and and so so people people who are. In, you know betting on this stuff even if you're a professional gambler in the end of the day it's so hard to make any money because you, 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 you every time you lose you losing you lose the 110 and you, if you win you only win 100 so sure, like, it, over it is, it's, a, it's a loser's game
0: yeah um, talk to us a little bit about the relationship of sports gambling to the the tribes and the governments especially in California what's going on? has happened uh, have the tribes and the sports gambling uh, proponents come to an agreement is that how it's going to shake out or are the voters gonna get to decide
1: right so if you're talking about California so California has very powerful uh, casino tribal interests out there that that really you know, one of the biggest special most powerful special interests in the state they have organized their own statewide referendum to legalize uh, commercialized sports gambling because they want to control it, all right? So they have a, they have their own referendum. And then what's happened is you have the, the non-tribal gambling interests, like, like the DraftKings, MGM, FanDuel, all these other gambling operators, Caesars Casino, all those companies, they have their own referendum um, that would give allow them to get access to this, Okay. So, like, you have this incredible, in these competing gambling interests going against each other. So, what, what's what right now? What's proposed is going to be a referendum this fall, uh, and it could be as many as four referendums. The last time I looked, that would allow various versions of of online sports gambling to occur. Uh, but again, th- and it's important to note, this isn't being driven by grassroots. This isn't a grassroots movement. Like this no. is being driven. By powerful financial interests who who have spent you know millions and millions of dollars to pay people to collect signatures, you know they're they're driving this bus. It's not people aren't pounding the table saying I want an online, I want a Las Vegas casino in my living room, you know, through the internet. Like no no one's no one's demanding that. On
0: kid's phone,
1: yeah, on your kid's phone, exactly. So um, so that's the state of uh, what's happening in California, and what makes it even more cynical and just kind of underscore what a con it is is to try to sell it to the public. What they've done is. You know and this is true for most states. like you know California is one of these states that has a major public health crisis around mental health issues and homelessness. And so what they've done, these gambling interests is say, hey, legalize online gambling with us, you know, allow us to access this sports gambling and and we'll dedicate a portion of the revenue to address homelessness. We'll address a portion of the revenue to deal with mental health and it's like and what makes it so outrageous and it's perverse when i first heard it that they were doing that i thought it was a joke like i thought like because literally the gambling predatory gambling business preys on people with mental health challenges it preys on people who are suffering at the moment maybe through a tough time in their life you know it it, it creates homelessness you know so like <laughs> it, it, the idea that the gambling interest would so cynically say use this revenue that we're going to collect it's going to create more homelessness in the state and, and and exploit people with mental health issues. And we're going to dedicate a portion of it to pay for mental health treatment and homelessness. Like it's just, it is perverse.
0: Speaking of mental health, tell me more about children and their their vulnerability to gambling and how they get groomed into actually spending money.
1: So a big way they get groomed into it is the concept of free-to-play games. So like right right now, just to, to give a, a more recent example, during the Super Bowl, the NFL partnered with Nickelodeon, which is like a children's cable TV station. Yeah, and what they what the what and they've been the NFL has been doing this now for a couple of years, but it was most outrageous during this last Super Bowl. Is they're having like these pick'em contests? Pick, I mean, pick'em like pick pick the teams, pick the score, like. Like th- that, culturing people get. So instead of just watching a game to enjoy the, the great athleticism or the great plays, it's like they want you to to, to be a spectator on a sport. It's about picking things because because really what gambling is, it's picking. I'm going to pick, you know, I, I, I picked Tom Brady to, to record a touchdown in this quarter. Like to make you constantly in the habit of of watching a game to, to train you to to select things as you're playing, like as you're watching, like that. Which is just appalling that the NFL is getting away with this. So they're, they're so they're training really a future uh, future gamblers with, by doing that technique. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, what they're doing is is all these websites they're free to free to play games. So you go on the site, you can you can pick them for free, right? Mm-hmm. Pick these games, you know, you know, no harm. But again, create like CBS Sports, all these websites encouraging people to do this for free. Um, and then the other thing that, that normalizes it for kids, especially, is is the advertising and marketing. So kids today you know are, are are over being overwhelmed with this this t- this tidal wave of gambling advertising and marketing you can't watch an nba game you know if, if you're in utah which is a state that has no commercialized gambling whatsoever and and the utah jazz are playing the philadelphia 76ers at, in philadelphia well philadelphia allows commercialized sports gambling so all around the arena in philadelphia are, are gambling ads so mm-hmm. like you're sitting at home in utah like your kids are being exposed to all these ads relentlessly, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it, not just on the TV, it's on the radio, it's on these, these streaming platforms. And so, mm-hmm. so what, what they're doing is normalizing gambling for kids and, and kids grew up thinking that gambling and sports are one and the same. And that that's new in American society. And, yeah. and, and that's why in, in regions of the world where they've done this, you have an epidemic of child gambling. And that's, that's what's being unleashed here in our countries. We're creating an epidemic of child gambling.
0: And there are other games too that uh, not related to sports, but for a minute, just aren't there other games? I again, I don't know, but I read that they involve candy or pets or things. Oh, for sure, really uh, yeah. Gambling. So let me
1: give you an example, like like in a state like Georgia, right? So Georgia and uh, Kentucky is another state. Several of these states do this: is they offer now these online gambling games. These are state lotteries now. Okay, uh, they offer it in games that you can sign up for, but the games market, you go onto the lottery's website? They'll have games like little ladybugs, you know, oh. cats and dogs, and and they're and they're it, it's a cartoon like figure, like you know, mm-hmm. uh, it, some states like like state lotteries, many states, and and, and and I I think this is true for Oklahoma as well. Like they offer like a Frosty the Snowman scratch ticket, so they have oh. a picture of an iconic figure from the from during Christmas season of Frosty the Snowman on a scratch ticket. Yeah, you know, like, like that's like this is a government program. So you know, thirty years ago, there was a you know a huge public spotlight on how tobacco companies were using images like Joe Camel, these cartoon like figures to lure kids in to try smoking and to normalize it. Like, you have state governments now are using predatory gambling, you know, are marketing predatory gambling to kids to try to get create a whole new generation of gamblers by using these cartoon like figures in their marketing.
0: Yeah, I read that. Kids who begin gambling by age 12 are four times more likely to become problem gamblers, yeah. which means profitable gamblers yeah. for the industry. Those are the money
1: makers, absolutely. And, and this, is, this is a habit. It destroys their lives. It destroys them.
0: And I read that uh, the, the part of the brain that determines how much effort we're going to put into earning a reward, the nucleus accumbens, is not developed in children. And so they, they like this, you know, instant uh, result from their activity, their little bit of agency that they, they have in the prefrontal cortex, the rational decision-making uh, part and impulse control part of our brains is undeveloped in children. And so this would certainly be ripe, you know, fields for predators to operate in, and frankly, when I think of predators, I think of a uh, of creatures that are constantly looking for new prey, and uh, who know the prey better than the prey know themselves. Yeah.
1: You say that beautifully, Leah. I, honestly, I couldn't say it any better myself. Like, the, with, and what drives this is greed. You know, mm-hmm. they, 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 you know, we believe at Stop Predatory Gambling that people, and in this case, you know. In, in, talk about young people that we think kids are worth more than money you know and so what we're doing now we're sacrificing a generation of young people at at, at the at the feet of these powerful predatory gambling interests who are, are turning a nation of young people into habitual gamblers as a government program with the blessing yeah. of state governments
0: we're we're paying the government to do this to our yeah, kids
1: yeah and Move we say government side. this is it's important for you for listeners to understand this like this is establishment Republicans pushing this stuff and it's, and it's establishment Democrats. Like you're, you're reformers in both parties who are standing up and trying to challenge this. But, but let's be clear that it's both political parties that are, that are just feeding at the trough of these predatory gambling operators. They find many, uh, you know, establishment Republicans see this, you know, rely on this as a budget gimmick. You have many establishment Democrats who take a lot of campaign money from, uh, these gambling operators as well, or they, they want it for a new funding source. So like both the establishment of both parties are corrupt to the core when it comes to predatory gambling.
0: Right. I, I read that 90% of students, um, I guess, I think it was college students surveyed had gambled at least once in the last year, 90%. Yeah. And
1: And and those stats are are, very prevalent. Yeah. And it's going to be, if the the stat you want to really ask up now is like, with even more frequency in the last month, right? What they're, cause they're really, they're going after young people. They're trying to create, you know, cause young people are, are easier to form habits, you know, at the, at the age they're at. And mm-hmm. so they're, they're really going after young people to create an aggressive gambling habit in them. Um, and so they get, they'll they have that through their whole lives. And so that's, that's, that is where the marketing is going. That's why you, you have college athletic programs today, like the Louisiana state, University of Maryland, University of Colorado, who, if you can believe it, have actually partnered with sports gambling companies to sponsor their athletic programs. You know, so the University of Colorado is sponsored by PointsBet. Um, LSU has a sponsorship with Caesars Casino. I mean, it's just like, you know, what are people thinking of? And there was a lot of pushback, at least in the the LSU case, by some of the professors and so on. Like LSU sent out an email to their entire ticket list, people have bought you know, tickets to sporting events with an email promoting Caesars. I mean, yeah. regardless of someone's age, like like this, this is that's a state institution, right? You know, it's it's unbelievable. So, so if you if you're out there, someone who really wants to get our society, I mean, you know, we throw up our hands sometimes how challenging it can be in society. There's so many big challenges. Like like this is something that collectively we can address. Like this is low hanging fruit. Like you know. We, we the United States has not always had this incredibly outrageous uh predatory gambling program this is really relatively new over the last thirty years you know yeah I've
0: read that uh college gambling is uh, twice as prevalent as in the general population
1: yeah yeah i mean it is it it's', it, it's this is all all relatively new now and and and, it, and it's gonna get worse if we don't if we don't take action
0: um Well, let's talk about that. Let's get back to the, we've talked about the predatory and the gambling. Let's talk about the stop part of your title. What are some things that you are doing? What are some things that listeners can do to stop predatory gambling?
1: Sure. So the um, priority one for us is to focus on eliminating the gambling, advertising, and marketing that's happening today and to put the same kind of restrictions on the advertising and marketing like we do for tobacco. All right, so you know well, tobacco companies be... uh, I'm sorry, say, Leo, one more what, time, please.
0: What kind of restrictions so, are so, you yeah, so they
1: can't they can't sponsor sporting events, they can't advertise around arenas. they can't um, market on television or um, you know on billboards, that type of thing. They, they have to be very you know very restricted in terms of who can uh, see these ads. Mm-hmm. You know, like right now during Martin Luther King Day, which is now a federal holiday, your kids home from school across the country and the NBA runs basketball games during the day. Like it was like 50 gambling ads, you know, in, in some states that are This kids are watching 50 gambling advertisements in, in the middle of the school day, you mm-hmm. know, because during the Martin Luther King Day, like all these kids are sitting home watching these games. Like so it's protecting kids, particularly from the, these marketing uh, advertisements and these um in these other forms to lure people in.
0: What what else can we do? So,
1: all right. So so priority one is the advertising. The, the second piece is is to focus on uh, the affordability aspect of this is, is right now we, we live in a country today where over the next eight years the American people are gonna lose more than one trillion dollars of personal wealth to government-sanctioned gambling. Ugh. Okay. So a tr so So regardless of of someone's political stripes, there is no policy reform from any party, from any politician, that if we simply cut the amount of commercialized gambling losses that the American people are suffering to this by 50%, 50% over the next eight years, that'd be $500 billion that you'd put back into the daily lives of mostly low-income and middle-income families. You know, there's nothing else that comes close to that. So we, we all talk about, we want to, you know, we, people doing all these programs, I'll be food stamps and these subsidies and housing subsidies and we subsidize healthcare and everything else. Like if we allow people to be more self-sufficient, you know, to allow them to save money, to invest, to buy, you know, to make it easier for them to buy a home with, by having a savings account, like encourage people to save assets. Like you would eliminate a lot of the poverty that are that exists today in our country. You know? So, so that's, that's priority two is, is just, and, and the way we would, Cut the gambling losses is eliminating some of these most outrageous forms of gambling that are in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Eliminate the most dangerous forms, like like electronic gambling machines, which you know that you know states like your, I don't I, I don't know if this is true for Oklahoma, but like your neighboring state of Texas sells a fifty dollars scratch ticket to people making seven dollars and twenty five cents an hour. You know, I mean, imagine that. Like, you got to work if you live in one of these poor communities where there's lottery outlets everywhere in a state like Texas. You got to work a full day's labor, okay, making minimum wage before you can lose it in an instant on a scratch off ticket.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: like that's a, so anyway, so so eliminating these extreme forms of gambling that are out there. And then the third piece is more from a public health standpoint is stop the business practice of allowing gambling interests, whether the lotteries, casinos, online gambling operators from, you know, from taking 50% of their profits from people who are addicted to gambling like put real restrictions in there to, to eliminate the exploitation of people who they've created, who become addicts to this product. And, we, and yeah. we're we doing that in the name of protecting kids. Like you want to, you know, all these people who are addicted to gambling, like they neglect their families like because they've lost, you know, financially they have lost everything. They spend their time gambling. Like we encourage, they're encouraging people to lose all this money to spend all this time gambling. And they're not home with their kids. And so kids have incredible, Kids who grow up with an addicted family member suffer enormous child neglect, and so so eliminate this this practice of taking fifty percent of their profits from people who are addicted to gambling. If you, you want to allow casual gamblers, that's fine, but the idea of exploiting people, you know, make the, in, in the way you can in the way you do that is make gambling interests criminally criminally liable for what happens. You know, right now these guys get away with this because if if, if they take you know exploit someone for all their worth. Like they're not held liable for any way. You know, if you're a bartender and you serve too much alcohol to somebody, and that person goes out and, and harms somebody, like you're liable as you should be. we here. The gambling interests like, hey, you, you, we're going to keep letting you gamble until you lose everything. You know, they, they need Uh-oh. they need to be held criminally li- criminally liable and civilly liable for for what they do. Uh,
0: and I think that you know victims are going to need to step forward and and headline some civil litigation some big class action lawsuits and the kinds of things that accomplished a great deal with the tobacco industry for yeah. example
1: yeah and the challenge for us is is right now it was, it was many state attorney generals in the united states that helped drive the tobacco litigation uh, against these big tobacco companies but what the problem here is states are the partner so like there's not a single state attorney general in the united states that has ever brought consumer protection litigation, at least, at least yet against a predatory gambling operator.
0: My idea is just, I haven't figured out how to, how to do it with online gambling, which is what nine tenths of all the money that's being spent now. But regarding casino gambling, I, uh, would like to see, um, uh, casino gamblers have to get a license before they can go in and gamble. And, uh, in Oklahoma, again, we have tribal casinos. So they have a, a degree of sovereignty that would, um, you know, make it um, have to be their choice to require this kind of a license to at least go in and play. But I wonder if at the point of collecting winnings, you would need to show a license before they have to pay out winnings, which seems like The tribe should cooperate at that point. And and you can't get a license in my scheme if you're on public assistance. You can't get a license if you have an outstanding judgment against you that you haven't paid. If you have filed bankruptcy, um, if you're on the terrorist watch list, um, and certainly if you're behind on child support, you should not be in a casino. No one should be gambling their money anywhere. If they're behind on child support and, and, you know, you pay $32 or something for a license, just like we license people for, to get to drive, to get to practice law, to be able to cut hair. Uh, There are all kinds of licenses and uh, there's, you certainly have a right to make a living. You have a right to travel around on the roads of the United States, but whether you have a right to, you know, Gamble away money that you owe to somebody else. I I really think is very questionable. So I think licensing would be a good step here, and would um, you know I think it would be a tough sell, but the money from licensing could go to pay families who have been uh, damaged by gambling addiction, and uh, would help you know increase revenue to assist these people who've lost things, certainly the children who've been made wards of the state because of this. And uh, I think it would also manifest. It would make people have to get on the record as saying, why, no, I want people who are behind on their child support in those casinos. I want them to be able to gamble. I want people who haven't paid because they, you know, were drunk driving, and they have a, you know, tort suit that they haven't paid compensation for. Uh, yeah, I want them to be able to gamble.
1: Yeah, well, I I think your idea was very well considered. I thought you put a, it was very well argued, and and while I agree with you, it would be a tough sell. The upside of ideas like yours is it really puts the onus on the responsibility of 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 really the casino because the benefit of also having a license is the casino now they you know. They can't, they can, you know, part of that is like, it, can, there's this person, can this a person, can this person afford to lose how much they're losing? Like, there's really countless examples in the work since I've been doing this full time in the last 14 years or so. is countless examples of like nuns, Catholic nuns, for example, who, you know, live their whole life in a, in a, you know, vow of poverty and they educated kids. They get addicted to casinos and they <laughs> end up like embezzling money from, their school, and now like you have nuns serving like time in prison. Like these, are like these people have helped the community for decades. So, so like the idea that like, a nun can lose a hundred thousand dollars in a casino, like that casino knew something was wrong. They knew it, but they, mm-hmm. but they're not legally responsible. So, if you use your idea to expand on that, if you had a license that puts the onus on a casino, like can this person afford to lose what they're losing? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, I, I can't tell you examples when you like. We've come across where people like, you know, someone who makes 30 grand a year, you know, has losses of like $500,000 in a casino because they were a, a bookkeeper. So I'm the bookkeeper's stealing from the business. So the, oh. the casinos know that. Like, how does somebody making 30 grand a year get those kind of resources to lose? You know, mm-hmm. so like they know all that. And so because the government's a part into it, there's no enforcement of it. So the license, the license is an example of putting some onus on these operators to, to protect people from how dangerous this product is, which as we said earlier, you know, was labeled by DSM-5 as as dangerous as opioids, cocaine, and heroin.
0: Right. Well, um, one last question For, for parents and families. What can parents, grandparents, people who love children do, even classroom teachers do, to keep kids safe from predators in the gambling industry?
1: well, I think it starts with having an honest conversation that this is not normal. Like we we don't, I wouldn't gamble in front of my kids. You know, I I would take my kids aside just like we talk about other dangerous things in society. Like we need to be, parents today don't educate their kids about how dangerous commercialized gambling is because it's become so normalized. You know, there was once a time when you would never, parents would teach their kids, like, you know, we used to have savings and thrifts, right? you the, the virtue of thrift, like be wise, be a wise steward of your money. You know, it doesn't mean being cheap. It means being like a really good steward of what you've been given, blessed with. And so that, that virtue of teaching that in people has, has, has dissipated. So teaching the virtue of thrift, um, showing how dangerous commercialized gambling is to people, showing that it's a, it's a ripoff. You know, Warren Buffett tells a story that he used to have a slot machine in his house let his kids put the money into it so you could show them what a ripoff it was, you know, like, <laughs> so have some, teach your kids about how dangerous this is. And, and, and don't, don't, you know, if you see these gambling ads, like demand, you know, your, your, your state or your region, you know, eliminate these ads. Like, and, and, and the last thing you can do is sign up, go to our, our website, stoppredatorygambling.org, as well as we, we also have a site, the campaign, it's called gamblingfreekids.org, where you can learn about um, how to talk to kids about predatory gambling but it also keeps you in a loop. Sign up as part of this movement and demand reform.
0: That's excellent. I thank you for that. I want to ask one more question about people in our families gambling. What It becomes a very solitary thing once the person is chasing losses and is uh, perhaps dipping into family or employment finances to cover this stuff. Um, what are some ways we can tell that either maybe a college age child or a family member is getting addicted to gambling?
1: Sure. Well, the, and you should know I'm not necessarily an expert as a counselor, but I, and I can just give you a, 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 some examples of this. And um, and and I would definitely encourage people, to feel free to – you can email us if you want to get more information about some of the very specifics. But some of the factors would be are are that they seem to be uh, – telling a lot of you know, being this are they gambling more um than they can afford you know are they constantly is this person constantly thinking about gambling um mm-hmm. are they having financial issues that are unexplained you know do they seem withdrawn when they're not gambling do they not you know they seem um you know not engaged with the family when they're not you know when not when they're not participating in gambling um do they have long unexplained absences from the family like you know if you're out, you know, to, to because casino model, you know today, like the brick and mortar, like they're making their money four or five times a week. You know, people coming in, like so. If you go, if someone's going visiting the, the casino that often, like something something's up. Like that's 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 their, that's where the casino makes their money on those types of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, unexplained charges on credit cards. You know, look at the bank statements. Like uh, there's a lot of instances where maybe one family member is the only person that looks at the bank statements, but like. You got, if you're in a state that has big time gambling, like there's, it happens so much that the other side, I never knew this person had a, had a problem. So you got to stay abreast of his unexplained expenses like that, you know, and and do it from an understanding. It's not because people get addicted to this stuff. It's not because, you know, they're an idiot. You know, we always say, well, how could you get, how could you lose so much money? It's not because, you know, they're weak. It's because they, it's literally designed to get you addicted. It's designed that way. The whole business model is to, to 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 make you play to extinction. So so come come at it with that attitude, um, and uh, and and I think that that would be a place where I would start.
0: Yeah, I read one recommendation that if you know your your child or adult child is gambling, say, do you find that when you're upset you want to gamble? Yeah, you know it's supposed to be a way to have fun and. Instead, it becomes a way to feel better.
1: Yeah. Well, the word, the word that I would use, and that the word that many of these folks use now, who are, are you know, challenging what's going on here, is, is that its idea of of, a, of a, an escape, right? Mm-hmm. They're trying, but, but you use the term, try to make them feel better. But the reality is, it's not like going for a hike or a nice walk where you feel like a healthy escape. Like this is one where it's a downward downward spiral escape. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so it's a very dangerous. Uh, health, unhealthy escape, and so that's what's critical. But that's but that's right. That's exactly what. Uh, that's another sign of it. If, if people are going, if a lot of people are going through a divorce or they lost a spouse or something, you know, major lose a job. Like that's what helps drive people into this stuff because they're looking for an escape, and the casinos are more than happy to exploit that for all it's worth.
0: Well, Les, I really appreciate your expertise and your your heart for people here, and uh, wish you all the best in your fight. Thank you. And we encourage people to go to StopPredatoryGambling.org and uh, GamblingFreeKids.org. Follow us, Conversation Balloons. uh, uh, Subscribe, rate us and review us on all the platforms. And we look forward to having you come back next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Conversation Balloons. Look for more episodes and information at LeahFarish.com. That's L E A H. F-A-R-I-S-H dot com and follow me on Facebook and Instagram